um, family. Um, thank you for uh, what you um, have in store for each one of us, Lord God, this evening, Lord God. I thank you um, that this is a conversation. Thank you, Father, for for conversations where, Lord God, we just open ourselves up, Lord God, just to, to hear what's going on, what the true story is, Father. I just pray we just invite you, Holy Spirit, just to come and just awaken our minds um, to your to your story, Lord God. I thank you for what you're going to do. And yeah, I look forward to just yeah, just the love that you want to just pour out into our lives today. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Awesome, guys. Um, so I wasn't. Oh, this is a, a recording, so I need. I can't uh, can't say anything. Can't use any names or any organisations. I need to keep it keep it PC. Um, Thanks so much. Obviously, Andy invited me. You guys had absolutely no say in me coming to speak to you. So I, I understand that some of it is under duress. Um, so uh, bear with me as I um, as I talk to you this um, this evening. I think I thought it was a morning. Andy told me like only like a few days ago. He's like, oh, by the way, in April we we changed it to evening, so it's not at 10 a.m. So I probably would have if he hadn't I hadn't brought up the timing to him. I probably would have come here this morning um, and then again this evening. But uh, but no, it's 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 a, it's such a privilege to talk on such an odd topic like Calvin Harris's song, "How Deep Is Your Love." Um, what's uh, how people? been enjoying kind of on a on a rating between kind of five and, and one you guys won't have to see it on the soundcloud but uh well what's been your uh have you enjoyed the this the, the series so far it's been good five brilliant all right five so for those that aren't here seven so he's literally broken the scale and gone over over it so <laughs> you can do that you can break the scale um so I mean, it's it's such a unique, and I've I've listened to, uh, listened to one of the guys that did um, uh, one before me, just so that I'm not repeating people. Um, but I also wanted to kind of be a little bit risky and not listen to them and be like, let's see what God does and actually kind of what um, yeah what comes out. So I think before I start, I guess I'd probably like to say that um, I'm probably not going to do a preach as you might maybe be used to. I think what I felt like Calvin Harris was doing in this um, song was, I guess, starting a conversation. Um, and so my job uh, and the things that I do on a day-to-day -day basis, but kind of, I guess, more widely is, is I guess, starting a different conversation. So um, a part of what I'm going to be doing this, this evening is really talking about a different conversation and, and looking at this question of how deep is your love and maybe taking it on a different um, on a different sort of tangent. So uh, hopefully you guys will track with me and also ask questions. I think the, the important thing, especially as I share with you guys, I think I'm going to create some space it's towards the end and in the middle um, to hopefully just get some feedback and actually um, engage with some of the content and, and for not to be me just kind of vomiting on you, like all the stuff and going like, so go away and do something with that in the week, but actually for us to dialogue about what um, what I've been speaking about. So hopefully you guys are up for that. You don't need to be forced to dialogue with me. You can sit back and just hear some of the conversations, but uh, hopefully you'll find that helpful. Um, a little bit about me. Uh, I, I created a very, um, Andy asked me to create a very uh, weird kind of description of myself bio. Or he didn't ask me. I just, I just did it by myself. I just kind of made it a little bit weird and ambiguous. So for those that did read the Instagram, Facebook updates, um, 
My background is I came from South Africa. I grew up in South Africa. Um, all my family is still in South Africa. Um, I've been here for six years. Um, I'm a teacher by profession. Spent most of my teaching career in pupil referral units for those that the education system have forgotten. Um, and so with kids that have uh, perpetrated and, and done all kinds of things, but ultimately wanted an education or were forced to, in some ways, be in, in, in some kind of school. Um, so I came out of that into working in the charity sector. So I work with Tear Fund at the moment, kind of working on development, and I'll unpack that a little bit. But, um, but that's kind of, I guess, my story. And a part of my story, a huge part of my story, is my incredible wife who's sitting in the corner there, Alex. Um, and so she managed to come along. Uh, we thought she wouldn't be able to make it, but in the end she was able to make it. So I'm, I'm really, I come here, we, we come as a, as a, as a package uh, so to, this, to this group and to this family. So, I mean, I've known Andy and Jody for some time, and so we've, um, we've both uh, kind of journeyed with them to a certain degree. And so it's lovely to just be back here with you guys. So I'm going to start with the scripture. Um, just I've laid a bit of the foundation of... Uh, my story, why, why am I in front of you, and all that stuff. I hate it when your, your touch ID doesn't ever work. You know how you always have to be like, touch, touch. No, okay, I'm just going to use the password. Um, so it's coming out of 1 John 3. I'm sure it must have been bought, bought up before um, in, uh, in, in your conversations about this whole idea of what is your love. Um, I thought I'd start with the scripture before I started with Calvin Harris. I know that a lot of people have started with... So my, my kind of verse is the question uh, about love. Um, I'll make sure that I, I quote Calvin Harris properly. Uh, I don't want to in any way him listen to this and go like, you're completely sacrilegious. Um, so tell me how deep is your love? Can it go deeper? So tell me how deep is your love? Can it go deeper? Or can it go deep? Um, so that's my, Andy limited me to that little section. So I'm going to try and do the best I can with that. Um, so 1 John 3, it says, basically the first verse, um, verse 1, it says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. Um, other translations would just emphasize that again. But that first verse um, really is, is the starting point when we start to talk about um, this question of how deep is your love. And I think especially as we start to journey you know, as a community in this idea of how deep is your love, how deep is your love, it, it, we really have to start at the point of, of, of asking that, that question of, of God and kind of the, the love that is lavished upon us um, in order to actually have a meaningful conversation. Um, but when you start to talk about this idea of love, it, it immediately starts, you, you start thinking about intimacy, about relationships, about, you know, there has to be this relationship. In order to ask this question, I can't just ask you how deep is your love or, or you know, kind of can it go deeper. So tell me how deep is your love. There has to be an initial relationship. And so often, you know, when we start to talk about these things, it, we, have to, we have to come back to that place of relationship. And what I'm going to be talking about this, I guess, for the next 10 minutes. You want some more popcorn? Pass the popcorn around. Don't, 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 don't hold the popcorn. Um, what I'm going to be talking about um, really this, this uh, evening is this whole idea of relationships and that at the heart of any right understanding and right theology of God and what we, how we exist in a community like Clapham Common, like Clapham, wherever you are, like Hackney, you know, wherever you're coming from, 
is this idea of relationships and this idea that everything is birthed out of relationships. Now, I work in a, um, a development charity, Tier Fund, for those that have, have heard about it, and we basically have an approach when it comes to how we work in communities. And, you know, for many of those places where we work, we work in over 40 different countries, um, the gospel has come there before, before we've been there. They've come in the form of people coming and setting up tents, setting up, creating these meetings, calling a whole bunch of people to hear about this message or show a film. Um, but fundamentally, a lot of those people that have come and told the story of the gospel have focused on one relationship. Um, and that's obviously the relationship between us and God and the reality that you guys need to know about God and that's, that's the right focus. But that's the only relationship that they spoke about. And what I'm going to talk about today is that I would say that there's another three relationships that people completely disregard. And it's because we do that is that we don't see our church as being effective in the communities that we're in. Um, and when we ask this question, so tell me how deep is your love to the communities that we exist within, they go, why are you talking to me? You don't even know me. You know, like we, 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 we're starting to try and reach out, but we are starting at the wrong place because we're starting with the understanding that there's only one relationship and that's the only one that we really focus on. And so there's a lot of damage that's been done by the church because they've just gone, okay, you know Jesus, you, you're a Christian now, we're going to move on to the next village, we're going to move on to the next town, we're going to move on to the next city. You're saved, tick box, you know, let's move on. And a lot of damage has been done because, because people have just stopped there. Um, whereas what I believe and what we believe in terms of the organization that we do, that the gospel is holistic. The mission of God is holistic. He doesn't just come to pluck you out of, you know, just save you out of this world. He came to save everything around you, you know, and, and, and there's, there's a much bigger mission. Um, so I'm sure many of you are going, well, tell us now, what are those other three relationships you've You've started some kind of curiosity in terms of what those other relationships are. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess throw it open to you because I, I like a little bit of interaction. I don't feel like we, we, we're not having a conversation at the moment. So I just, I'd like to hear from you what you think in your mind. Like if I had to kind of draw a diagram where I've got me and God, okay, I've got that relationship right. Or I guess we go to the beginning, we go to Genesis and we say, okay, what four relationships were perfect in the beginning, would you say? Um, who wants to take a stab? Our relationship with each other. Okay, each other, brilliant. So others, okay, that's definitely one. So that relationship with others. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Well, I'll, yeah, I'd probably say that would fall into our relationship with God. But I think it's, yeah, in terms of yeah, in terms of our relationship with the Trinity, I would, I guess, in for, for the purpose of this, I think it's an interesting conversation, but for the purpose of this illustration, I'd say we would use God as that one. Yeah, but that's a, that's a good point. Others. What are the other two? Ourselves. Ourselves, brilliant. So self, okay? So our relationship with self. Like how do we, and some people might go, Is, isn't that something that's wrong when you have a relationship, like in terms of like a multi, you know, like, but actually there's something about our relationship with how we view ourselves and our relationship with self. And then the last one, this is one that, that often kind of gets bypassed quite easily. But I mean, I think I'm interested, I'm glad that you guys picked those two because those are also overlooked. What's the last one? Yeah, exactly. So it's what we would call what we would call creation. Well done. Oh, that that undertone, you know, like that that moment in class or when you're in, in school and you'd like say an answer under your breath and somebody would actually say it loudly and be like, 
oh man, I should have said it. Like, you got it, I was right next to you, so I heard you. Um, it's a question or it's the relationship of us and creation. So, um, so at the beginning, all those four relationships were perfect. Like we had, everything was, was going well. And then at the fall, all those four relationships broke. It, we all, always focus on that one relationship, but all four of those relationships broke. So, um, so obviously, you know, when uh, God came out and said, Adam, where are you? He hid, you know, the, he was gone. Um, in terms of self, like we had a sense of shame, so we kind of covered up everything about us was thing. Um, others, we blamed people, it was just a blame game. And then creation, we, we ended up, our relationship with creation was just consumption. You know, we were from, from being in right relationship and using the environment around us well, all of a sudden that got broken and so we started abusing the, the world that we lived in. Like it became consumer driven, everything was for our needs and so it was all driven by self. And so, so if I set the picture and sort of say actually what we had there was these four broken relationships, then as the church, our response when we go into communities is addressing those four broken relationships and looking at the people in those communities, looking at the stories in those communities, and not just picking the easy stories. Because I think that's the that's the interesting thing. Like often in churches, we find those church, those, those stories where we go, oh, you became a Christian, you were this, this has happened to you, you became a Christian, now everything's hunky-dory. And they very easy videos to put into one and a half to two minute video um, or share up on stage. But it's those more difficult, those more nuanced stories that never get told. And it's because we don't come with this approach. It's because we don't see those other relationships. It's because we don't appreciate that God is looking at the bigger picture. And he's looking at at this, at this, this bigger story. Um, so what I'd like to share with you is, is another scripture that I think really encapsulates what I'm, what I guess I've been trying to say. And it's in what it's two Corinthians, uh, two Corinthians five, verse 14 to 19. Cause the thing is when you start with this question of, you know, like, well, what do we do then? Like, how do we, how do we actually do something about this in terms of the relationships? Like, what do we do with this relationship with self, this relationship with, with others, this relationship with creation? Um, I think this really, really kind of brings it into, into view. So it says, um, I think I'm reading from NRV. Um, so it says, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all. And those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to uh, himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them. So when you start to read, when you read that in the, con- the context of those, those four relationships, all of a sudden you go, hang on a moment, this is, this is about so much bigger, something so much bigger than just us reconciling ourselves to God. This is... This ministry of reconciliation is a big mission, um, and it's it's a it's much bigger than we might have thought it originally. You know, because obviously we were happy if some people in our community were coming to know Jesus. But what he's saying is like, no, 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 no. That's 
that's a part of the picture, but the bigger picture is, is actually, I want to save the whole person. I want to save, you know, like everything about them. And in order to do so, we need to look at it through those, those four broken relationships. I'd like to just pause for a moment because I, I see a lot of people like kind of thinking this through. Um, probably some of you would have heard this already and I'm, I'm really interested in, and I guess some of the responses, some of the, you know, I guess in this context, because I think is I'm not, I'm not in any way presupposing that this is a blank canvas. You know, that Clapham is in no way is a blank canvas. And so for people that know this area, you know, what would you say is... Um, a relationship or, or one of the taking those four relationships what are the the, the the things that I guess you see more prominently in terms of what what's broken um, in in the area of Clapham or in the areas that you have influence um, whether it be in Greenwich um, at the university you know what, what what are some of the the key relationships or the out of those four that you think are in your mind prominent say self and others self and others but then obviously, because they all inter- interconnect, so yeah. not having that relationship with God yeah. doesn't um, help with you having a relationship with yourself. Yeah. And then that will then trickle on to how you then treat others. Yeah. So once that connection's reconnected, yeah. the flow is, I don't know, it flows more fluidly. Yes. Yeah. yeah, 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 definitely. And I think what you find in the West and in more individualistic societies is that the relationships that are far, that are really affected is self and, and others. You know, because especially in communities where they have such a, a strong relationship with uh, creation, you know, where they have to, because they, they can't just expect there always to be stuff, they have to really nurture. And, and obviously in community, a lot of them rely on their communities. And so there's not just, it's not such an individualistic worldview. Um, so I think that's a really good one to point out. Anybody else want to? Kind of, I'd say, happening. I'd say, um, it's interesting. I'd say, what's happening is being. Um, I don't know if it's basically a byproduct of of having an issue of self, but I'd say yeah. that I mean, just the ethos of community is definitely something that's been. Um, it's definitely something that's been overlooked. Um, like, as well as like every kind of area in London, you know, they, yeah. they're trying to regenerate the area and they're knocking down the old kind of estates. Yeah. But what they're doing in turn is they're affecting the community because there's a heart behind, I guess, yeah. these, these old vintage kind of setups. Yeah. And the people of the area, they're moving them out. So the heart of the area is kind of being changed. So, yeah. And obviously, you can see that there's been this, you know, an influx of, I guess, like, you know, middle slash upper class that are coming in yeah. because obviously house prices are rising. Yeah. And I think that that is, I think that there is there is a problem with, obviously, the way we kind of gel as a community and the spirit behind that. Yeah. And obviously, in turn, that affects self, yeah. I believe so, because obviously the identity behind, let's say that, you know, our identity is in our area, but obviously, you know, the, the environment that you're in, you know, you're to an extent a product of it. So yeah. I feel like, I mean, uh, the importance of that's been taken away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like it's just a bit of both, but I can see definitely how, yeah. um, how um, our relationship with community and with others so, has been yeah. marred. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think when when somebody is struggling to to find their identity, you know, often, you know, it's just that whole thing. I'm sure some of you would have seen some of those dramas that went around different churches where, you know, people kind of using kind of different masks mm-hmm. and and kind of Jesus kind of taking those masks away and kind of just grabbing for. And I think often when, when 
you haven't got a relationship with the authentic self or like your confidence is from, hey, I can play really, I can do football, I can do this, I can do that, I'm a really good designer or whatever, um, then your identity, and I think especially in a place like Hackney, where a lot of it is about startup, but a lot of it is about kind of being trendy and stuff like that, you know, self, the, the authentic self is not on display, it's just a facade. And so I think that's indicative, so I think that's a really good point to, to bring. What about kind of this side? What do you got? What do you guys reckon? What's your What's your thoughts? Yeah, I'll say from the work. I think um, it's very much so like people's yeah. relationship with themselves. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, I notice it consistently that people don't really know who they are. Yeah. Um, as well as they don't necessarily believe that they could be more. Yeah. Um, so they kind of get stuck in the box. So yeah, kind of how they, their life has ended up, they kind of stay there. Yeah. So, yeah, I see there's a lot of kind of vocal relationships with yeah. people's own identity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, I think a lot of the time, you, what you get is, um, I guess, people wanting to move on too quickly, like going like, oh, you know, all this really cool stuff is happening around you, just kind of get involved. But at the heart, they haven't really understood the struggle, um, you know, that's at the heart of that community. So I think it's interesting using the example like, um, like Hackney or Brixton or whatever, I remember just an example just to portray this is that we were trying to do kind of this really interesting kind of crowdfunding dinner, you know, where people bought their different ideas and, and people funded different ideas um, in, a, in an area of Brixton, um, right by the skate park. Um, and we were working with some guys there and, um, and at right at the beginning of the project when we were kind of talking with some of the people in the community, um, something that was highlighted to me like quite, you know, right from the offset is that they said the reality is is that you represent the gentrification. So you as a white person, you know, kind of dressed how you are, you represent the gentrification. So you can't come into this community and try and, even though with the best intentions, try and do some good in this community because ultimately you're coming up against this very difficult struggle um, that people are going through um, and nobody's giving voice to it. And because nobody's, because it's being internalized in the community, Often that's where it explodes and stuff happens. And I think that it's, it's really interesting. I was, I'm going to draw a bit of a parallel you know, to South Africa because that's obviously what I know and some really interesting things and quite crazy things are happening in South Africa. But basically, like a lot of people speak about the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. I'm sure many of you guys think of Nelson Mandela. Look at that, the fact that the Truth and Reconciliation Commission was basically this moment where people that had been oppressed by apartheid you know, that had been segregated, that had been, um, like they said, okay, now the truth and you can come and talk about what happened to you, you can see the perpetrators, those that actually removed you from your homes, those that kind of did these horrible things to you, and you can have some moments, you know, and, and you can deal with it. That didn't work. It didn't work. Like, the, 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 the truth and reconciliation didn't work, because if you look at South Africa now, all it was was just a, a band-aid, you know, to kind of say to the world, we're doing this, this big piece of work, we're bringing all these people together, but at the heart of it, like if you look at what happened in, in the last year or two years where the xenophobic violence, you know, where people were being attacked, their homes were being burnt, their, their shops were being burned down because they came from, from Zimbabwe or Nigeria or stuff like that, and because the South African people said, you're taking our jobs, so we're just going to burn everything to the ground. Um, and so what was thought to have been dealt with all of a sudden had me dealt with because we, we had never dealt with the, with the struggle. We had never really taken a time as a white South African, as white South Africans, to actually sit and, and listen and actually go, 
you know, let's not think of solutions. Let's just understand what the struggle's been. And in your communities and in the communities that we're in, until we sit in the struggle, until we actually hear what the pain is, we can't even begin to think of solutions as the church. You know, because the thing is, a lot of churches are going, oh, let's run this, let's run this festival, let's run that. But they've never listened to the real story of the community. They've never spent time trying to listen because they've always found stories on the surface. And you only dig, when you dig deeper, do you actually identify those stories that are, you know, that, that mother that probably wouldn't have the time, you know, to come to any kind of thing because she's just trying her hardest just to make kind of things happen. Um, and so those stories, those more nuanced stories that are difficult to hear, then kind of become closed up because we never ever really wanted to see that community transformed as a whole. We just wanted to do it superficially. Does that make sense? I think that's the, that's the struggle that I find. And I'm, these are some of my observations um, as a person that's come from South Africa, as a person that's been in London for the past six years trying to do different things. It's that there's, there's, there's a real need to listen to the, the more difficult story. Um, and so coming back to this whole thing of kind of how deep is your love, this whole thing of relationship, um, I guess, I mean, the question really is, it, it really does come down to how do we, you know, how do we as a church um, respond? You know, how do we as a church in the communities that we find ourselves in? You know, whether you're listening on SoundCloud or whether you're right here, you know, going like, what is City Hill as the light on the on the hill and allow the world, you know, in and, and the light in this place? How does, um, what does that look like? What does that light look like? Um, and and it might, it might be very different depending on the needs that you start to see now that you're looking through the lens. And I'm sure Andy, because we've had many conversations about this, a lot of the conversations that he's had is with local businesses, like kind of figuring out what needs are amongst us. Um, but I guess it's as the church, like how do we, within our networks, within our social places, actually go and sort of go like, well, how do we respond both individually but also as a church? And it's not just about like, let's just bring them to Jesus because that might be the thing that happens along the road, mm-hmm. but actually, it's those other, those other two or those other three relationships that actually let's just pour into these people and that there's a sense of belonging. And out of that belonging, they get to know who Jesus is. You know? And I think it's, it's, it's how we do that really well as a church. Um, that's, that's the question. Um, I know that I've got time. I've got um, a minute. Is it, is it a minute? Yes. Is it a minute? That's I've got one minute. Um, I, I don't want to run over time. So um, I think my, I guess my heart is really, um, as we start to talk about, you know, this, this different conversation, this, this thing that I guess I've opened up is, is really to look at as, as a church, as a community, what does reconciliation look like in this community? And it's a slow burner. It's not the short-term wins. Like I think the problem is, is that, we can run really cool festivals, we can do these really cool pop-up things, but if they're not really addressing the need, we're just creating fanfare and it's a distraction from resources and things that we can actually start to do. Um, and it's probably gonna be difficult and it's probably gonna be um, stuff that doesn't show return in the, in the, in the short term. But, but I believe as the church and as we start to really invest in the, in the difficult story and as we tell those stories from the platform, you know, get those people to share, you know, and to feel open to share, not on obviously a stage like this, but in, in, in groups, you know, that we, that we invite the, the more difficult story into the thing rather than 
the, the, the one that kind of like, we've got it all together, we've got it all wrapped up, actually that you start to draw out uh, within people and the communities around you um, that people feel ready and, and, and feel willing to actually come. So, um, yeah, my, my heart really in sharing this was, was to both just give you a bit of my observation, but also just to, yeah, I mean, if there's any, any uh, I guess, uh, questions or um, responses to what I've said, like completely, like both myself and Alex are really would love to just, um, yeah, just answer some of those. But at the same time, we don't have the answers. I'm not saying I'm the expert in this. I'm just saying I've been observing a lot of these type of um, community-based development work, these churches trying to do stuff in their community. But ultimately, it's easier to follow the, the, the white middle-class hipster pastor into the middle of the city where they all of a sudden uh, bring, you know, a thousand people versus the, the, the pastor or the church that you know, that, that, that gets a handful of people, you know, that actually has a heart for this community, you know, and not, and not aren't just kind of parachuting into communities and parachuting out, but actually go, what, what kind of legacy and what, you know, what's the longer, um, what's the longer term solutions that we're looking for? Um, awesome. Uh, Heavenly Father, we just, uh, Lord God, we just bring to you, Lord God, this conversation. We just bring to you um, the more difficult story um, in these communities, Lord God. And Lord, I guess we, we're praying a, a, a difficult prayer in that, Lord God, we want to um, really understand the more difficult story. We want to live in a way and live as a church that, that tries to, um, to deal with that, Lord God, and, 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 and bring real change, not just uh, change on the surface. So Father God, as we ask this question of, in this community, you know, what, what can we do, Lord God? I just pray, Holy Spirit, we just invite you into this decision-making. We just invite you into, Lord, where this uh, church is going and what it's already doing um, in, in so many incredible ways, Lord God. We just pray that you would just use this um, just as a, as a different conversation and, and, uh, and Lord, just help this uh, incredible group of people, Lord God, just to see how they can um, be your hands and feet. Uh, in this community in very real ways um, that uh, show very real impact, Lord God, because they've come from the right place and that's uh, your love for them and uh, your love for um, this, this, this community that you've placed in them. I just pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Cool. Thank you.